Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. Hmm. Let's discuss video games, a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. As you probably know if you've listened to this show before, I, I've i been playing them for, uh, what's today? Friday? Um, something like 20 years at this point. Um, I want to say the first I started out with, like, Pokemon Yellow was my first, but I really, like, you know played, and then just kind of never stopped. Um, I was like four years old playing that game. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot in the video game industry. I've seen trends start and end, um, and there's an alarming trend going on right now. Um, and it's weird. It's like, envision, if you will, if you know what I'm talking about, the supply and demand curves, where, for those of you who don't know, if you take a graph, like a standard graph, and draw two um, exponential curves, one going from the intersection of the X and Y axis going up um, towards the, uh, the right-hand side, and then one that starts at the top near the X, Y axis, you know, near the Y axis at the top, and then gradually going down on the other side, that's kind of, um, what the, you know, kind of what the video game industry has been historically, where one line, instead of being supply, is, you know, what we can creatively do in this game, what we, you know, what we physically can do, like, what the budget will allow, and what, you know, the technology limitations of the time will allow us to do in this game, and the other line is what... We, what money we can make, how much interest this will generate in an audience to make money on the game, and I'm not diminishing the importance of that intersect. That intersect point is where the game wants to be, because if the game goes too high over budget and doesn't make enough money back, then it, it defeats the purposes, and then the company's going to lose money. And then on the other hand, the customer's going to feel shortchanged and not buy games in the future if you go too low in the other direction. So you have to find a kind of happy medium. But What's happened is, there's been this kind of, like, intersect. The intersection point has been moving kind of gradually towards the, you know, towards kind of like a, uh, go ahead, do whatever you want. Um, sorry, I'm talking to, I hate this intersection over here. Um, because it's right off the expressway, and I don't know, either way. Um, so the, what happens is, you get to this point where it's like, you know, in the beginning, you were getting a lot for your money because at the time, in the beginning, everything had to be localized multiplayer. Um, you you didn't have the capability in the beginning to to sell the game in increments. Uh, and then as the ability started, more so on computer than on consoles, where it started with the ability to you know sell the game incrementally, where it's like you know. I remember back in the day, you know, The Sims had the 9 million expansion packs, and, like, you know, Civilization had, like, 9 million expansion packs, because they were able to do that, because, like, okay, here's another box you can buy, and here's more stuff you can add to your game, you pay us again, you get more shit. And then what happens is, you get, you know, additional stuff to do. Now, as we've gotten where the ease of doing that has gotten, you know, easier for the both the customer and for the, the seller, or the publisher... It has, you know, it, it led to lesser and lesser games. And I can think of no easier way to really point this out than with racing games. 
Um, let's look at racing and how racing games have really evolved. Now, games like Mario Kart haven't really changed much over the years. They've gotten more bare bones, though, if you look at them. Like, Mario Kart uh, had other modes built into the game, and it had, like, we are now at Mario Kart 8, and the most recent one, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch, which is a port of the previous one for the Wii U that, you know, I guess I was the only one who played because I was the only one who had a Wii U, um, but, you know, that got ported over to the Switch, and then uh, it's got, originally, when the game came out, it had the usual eight cups, and then it added in another, uh, what's it called, another four, so you got, like, a game and a half for the price of, you know, a game, and then, like, an extra 15 bucks, so, like, with the DLC, so it kind of evened out a little bit, where it's not terrible, but the thing is, why are we okay with that? As players, why are we okay with the, like, going to the store, paying $60 for a Mario Kart game that is functionally the same as it was, you know, when Mario Kart 64 came out? Or, I mean, I guess the first game to really have the, uh, the eight cups was Double Dash when they introduced the Retro Cup, but why are we okay with this? as players. And then if you look at like other racing games that have been around, you know, it came out around the same time as Mario Kart 64, we don't really like look at them and we, we don't really like, you know, uh, like for some reason we consider them flashes in the pan and, and like they don't influence anything. Like why do we look at like, you know, back in the mid to late 2000s, um, Diddy Kong Racing got re-released for the Nintendo DS. It originally came out for the N64, then it got re-released for the Nintendo, uh, for the Nintendo DS. Um, and it included everything the original did, including the adventure mode, which had this big open world that you would drive through and fly through and take your little hover boat thing through, and you would get to, you know, explore the world. You would, and you would find the track, and you would find hidden areas, and you would find battle tracks, and there was all kinds of cool things to do in this world. I mean, the world was pretty empty, but it was pretty big, too. And, you know, it, it was cool. It was something that, like, you know, was pretty cool. Um, and the same thing happened two years ago, I want to say, when Crash Team Racing got uh, re-released. Again, big open world area for you to go and explore, and that's, you know, that's fine. And you can go in and, you know dig around, and you can see all the cool things that are in this world, but again, because it's a mostly faithful port, both of these games didn't have, you know, the big, um, what's I'm looking for, like, the big, um, like, and there, there weren't many changes made to the, to the world itself, so you couldn't exactly have, um, what the fuck am I thinking of? There's a word I'm looking for, but, like, it just isn't in my tongue, but I can't... You ever have that happen? Oh, it's like, there, there isn't anything else to do in the world, but they didn't add anything in because they didn't... It's, it's mostly a faithful port. So because they didn't add anything in, it still feels kind of empty. Now, what I'm looking at is, if you do this with, you know, another game now, there's no reason why they can't do it. In fact, there's more reason why they should do it because a standard racing game, if you're going to charge me 60 bucks for it, I'm less inclined to buy it, especially when Mario Kart 8 came out. So now, really, I don't think it's likely that, like, I think Naughty Dog is the company that still does it, but, like, if they made a new Crash Team Racing, I don't think I'd be inclined to really buy it uh, unless it had that mode in it, because you feel like you're stripping something away. 
Meanwhile, the same thing if they released a new Diddy Kong Racing. If you're taking that mode out and you're just doing a straight cup mode, it still feels kind of weird. Like, at least the other Mario Kart games, I mean, really the only one I can think of that this was, like, the, the DS version that had that mission mode where it was, like, a bunch of really weird races that you had to do. Like, one year racing against a bullet bill, and it's like, all right, at least that's something kind of different. But no, they, they, they didn't, like, nothing got added to it since then to really make it more interesting. And especially, like... You know, the graphics are nice and everything, but there's really nothing added to Mario Kart, you know, Mario Kart 8 when you play the game. And what I'm saying is, why don't we bring these things back? Like, if I'm, um, what's it called? If I'm, you know, Nintendo, or if I'm one of these other companies that's like, I'm going to make a racing game, I'm bringing these things in, okay? Especially if I'm a big company that can afford it. Like, at the time... Um, THQ was the one who made Nicktoons Racing. It did not have a hub world, but the cup mode did have a story to it. And not just play through the cups, get the trophy, go to the next cup, get another trophy, and then and, um, and then repeat eight times. Uh, and then do it, you know, on three difficulty levels. Like, there actually was a story to, like, Nicktoons Racing. I don't know about the second Nicktoons Racing game. I never played it because it was only for PC, but... The first Nicktoons Racing game did have something that... Re- it had something that resembled a story, at least. And it wasn't just, oh, play this, and then it's like, here's a bunch of cool things you can do. Like, it was... There was something to it. Like, and, and that's what, like... There's no reason why, say... Um... What's it called? There's no reason why there's no open world or anything in these racing games now. Besides just, we need to do the bare minimum product... That will go out, that will sell, and that we can then make money on. Because they know there's a line. And Nintendo kind of figured this out kind of early in the DLC process with the failure of Mario uh, Golf for the 3DS. When that came out, and it turned out that there were entire courses on the disc, or I mean on the chip, that you couldn't play unless you paid extra money on top of the money you already paid because um, it was disc-locked until you paid extra, that kind of didn't get the right reception. Now, at least with Mario Kart, when they released the extra tracks, it was like, okay, here are some other cool things you can do, have fun, go nuts, and then, like, you know, you know, deal with it then. Like, you know, you can, you can play this game, you can do whatever you want, uh, and we will release more stuff for it, have fun. Like, therein lies the, the big difference between, you know... The two things, the two, um, what's it called? The two, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Either way, but, like, in other things, it's like, if you look, additional game modes are added to other games. Um, let's look at, like, the 2K, ESPN 2K football, which had, um, like, you own a football, you are the owner of a team, and you get to build your house, and, you know, you get to do that kind of thing. MVP Baseball, uh, 2K5, owner mode had you build and upgrade a stadium, um, and your stadium would react when you look in the overworld, I mean, not the overworld, but when you're looking in the game, your stadium would, you know, expand as it does in the, as you perform in the game. Um, these modes get cut in favor of, I mean, it's different studios now doing it, but these modes get cut instead in favor of like ultimate team because it's a monopoly by EA doing you know they want to do ultimate team because it can bring in money from microtransactions 
Meanwhile, if they did these other things, that would be more player-friendly but less company-friendly because it bring, brings in less consistent money over time. And I keep thinking back to that episode of South Park where they're like, 1% of players make 99% of purchases in these things. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's going to end up happening. Um, but, what, what, I mean, what am I saying needs to happen? I'm saying that, like, there's not going to come a time where they're going to change this. Like, I'm saying it would be nice if the next Mario Kart game had, like, an open world like these other games that I remember from my childhood and I remember fondly. And to this day, I can go back and play these games. Like, I have my N64 still. And if I'm so inclined, I can hook up Diddy Kong Racing, go back and play it on my N64 and, you know, have a blast doing it. If I'm so inclined, I can play on my PlayStation 4, I can play Crash Team Racing, and I can, you know, have fun doing that. But what I'm saying is, you know... They're not likely to do this because it requires too much extra effort on their part to put this together and release it when they can just put together, you know, any old game and go, okay, we're going to sell X number of copies of this because we sold X number of copies of, you know, whatever the previous game was. And it's like, we're going to do something slightly different and it's going to sell a lot. Now, I think that what Nintendo is going to end up doing more so than uh, Mario Kart um, in the future, because they really, they do have to up the ante at this point. Since, especially since they ported Mario Kart 8 over to the Switch, I don't think you can release just another Mario Kart. You can't release Mario Kart 9 and hope for the best. Um, because unlike Mario Party, um, there is a certain amount of diminishing returns. Especially in terms of graphics and everything like that. It's also why... Like, Mario Party was themed every time it came out. Like, there were, what, four of them that came out on the, uh... On the, um... On the GameCube, and each one had a different theme that went with it. Four, yeah, four, five, six, and seven came out on the GameCube. And each one had a different theme to it. And, um... Like, one of them had... Two of them had the new peripheral microphone, and it was, like... You know, cool things like that came with it. But this, like, if you're gonna do that here, it's like Pokemon... They had multiple games come out on the same console, and those always changed. Didn't have a second-party game, but not a first-party game. So it is slightly different. But, like, if you're going to look at, like, Mario Kart, you do have to do something different if you're going to release another game on the Switch. And they're not going to hold off until, you know, whatever comes after the Switch, because that would be that would be insanity if they the only Mario Kart game on this console was a port of the previous one. Um, so what I think is likely, and keep in mind, I'm not an insider... Or anything. I have no inside knowledge of what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a Nintendo Kart game. Or something similar. It may keep the branding of Mario Kart. But it's not going to be just Mario characters. Because let's be honest. At this point we've played through every Mario Kart game. And we've played every one of these characters before. And it's like how many times can you have me play through a Mario Kart game. And have Dry Bones be there. Or the B from uh, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Or uh, the same seven characters. What you can do is you can pull in characters from other games. Um, they may not pull in, say, uh, a character from, uh, what's it called, from Sonic or things like that. Because, you know, Sega has their own racing game. But, I mean, you can bring in, like, Pikachu. You can bring in Link. You can bring in the villager from Animal Crossing. There are other options that can be done. Um, and that would bring in additional people who, you know... It may not bring in other people, but it will not stagnate the franchise, which is where they're at risk of now on that graph. At risk of, if you st if you stagnate the franchise too much, people won't buy it anymore. So you do have to generate something new. And that was, I think, the big mistake about porting it to the Switch, 
was that now you got to do something new. Um, and uh, I think we'll wrap up there for today. Um, we'll have another episode this weekend for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the new episode. Uh, and then we'll be back to... We're going to be doing three episodes a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, starting... <sighs> Monday. So until then, have a great rest of your weekend.